Hello, welcome. You are listening to On Resistance Radio. We're on KPFK 90.7 FM. You can also find our past shows on soundcloud.com slash on dash resistance. So here in the studio, I'm Jay, and we have with us... Marcus. Yo, thank you for having me. Thank you for participating and being here. Today we were going to talk on relating, which is kind of broad, but can go through different arenas Mm -hmm. and ways that we connect. Yeah, I think relating is kind of the undertone of how we engage. So from there, it kind of dictates how we engage in every aspect of our lives. So there's like a like a more dominating factoring of relating. And then there's aspects of relating, where there's romantic, where there's political, where there's individual, even smaller concepts. I don't know what you like, like shoes and like colors and like food and culture, even bigger concept of culture and religion, like relating. But what's the undertone of relating? I think that's what I want to dive into. It brings up ways of relating. There's the interpersonal, like between people, between people that you interact with frequently. Then there's the spaces in which we interact that maybe aren't, there's still interpersonal dynamics, but we might have less willingness or want to be there, like work. I'm thinking work spaces. Yeah, how conducive is the environment to proper relating? You know, so in a workspace, there's so many rules that go into a workspace and what can happen, what cannot happen. And I think a lot of rules have come up because there's improper relating. And with the rules, there's even more potential toxic relating. But if we don't know how to have a conversation with ourselves or outside or with other people, is it difficult to get in the workspace and still deal with life situations, oppression, bills, love, just life? And when you get thrown into a workplace, you're told to focus on work. All you're relating is around work. Relating has this acting aspect. If the environment isn't as conducive as you would like it to be, what does the relating look like? I mean, are we still reaching the results? If they're profit or if they're corporate driven, are we still meeting the results even if the relating isn't doing much people a favor? Maybe one person and two people in the business. I think that's important. The workplace as it's currently built or structured is definitely not with the motive of healthy relating in mind. How do we relate to each other? How are we doing in this social and economic structure and these hierarchies that have been built every day that are very obvious and superimposed and super structural and institutional and have all this kind of absolute, uh, I don't want to say power, but I want an absolute presence. First, I feel like the game, I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like the game is individual as far as relating. Like, The field is set up, like the field has a lot of the things that's not in our best interest in the field. So on the individual, it's like for them to decide how they want to engage politically, how do you want to engage romantically, how do you want to engage culturally. And once the individual decides how they want to do that, that's like part of their relating narrative. Do you have a relating narrative that goes into all situations? Like I think most people want to be very honest and very truthful and open about their opinion and their situation at any given time is that like a narrative to hold in all relating can you just be super truthful at work in your flow in a romantic situation if you're seeking out healthier relating then i see why honesty and trust building comes into play in like chosen interpersonal relationships to some degree a lot of the behaviors that we have 
like we might think we're making decisions to to do those things but like you said earlier like we're impacted by the environment the tools that have been given us to navigate the structure that exists and so sometimes i think the tools that we see the behaviors that we see played out to survive or navigate this structure aren't necessarily the same tools that help with healthier relationships or right it's, it's actually i think kind of counter to it yeah which is why why you can't be honest in the workplace because you have to keep your job or you don't feel like you can be honest in certain relationships because there's a power dynamic at play and so and we live in a world of power dynamics we can talk about healthier tactics but then if we're not talking about a healthier structure this is why people keep using unhealthy tactics because they're taught this is what relationships look like. And by relationships, most of the relationships in this structure are structured around someone having more power over the other or gaining Toxicity. power over another. <laughs> so if relationships could mean something different, that would be a shift. Yeah, that, man, that's, a, that's why I feel like the game is somewhat individual because it's on the individual to be like, I think there is a shift somewhere. I don't know where the shift is at, but I don't like all this bureaucracy. I don't like all this paperwork. I don't like what people are telling me what the shift is or what has been is what is, or that's the only thing that has to be considered is, you know? So it's like the superficial, like the commercial and like the corporate, the sanitized environment really doesn't have any of the tools that you need to uh, maybe relate to yourself properly the way you want to, but it has all the tools that you need to relate to the workplace. You know, it's like, there's like two different wars. It's like, you need two different tool bags to go into the workplace. And how do you, put down either or and still be fine yeah like how do we navigate the toxic spaces while we're trying to cultivate non-toxic spaces? spaces i feel like this is one of the root challenges to one to participate in our everyday life and two if we're talking about a overturning or a undoing or a different way of living then that's like one of the pressing questions because though many of us as individuals and as groups want a different way of relating a different social economy maybe the destruction of this social economy then even if we have some overlapping agreement in, it might look in different ways but maybe we start at a point of this needs to be undone what is currently practiced can be undone even if we have different visions of what is healthy to address the social condition each of us is already in now that's one of the biggest dilemmas is how can we connect and relate when the language we use is impacted by power relations and oppression the behaviors we use how we interact in these spaces is all impacted so it is a good question to ask how does the individual how do you relate to yourself so that you're not pulling from the tool bag of oppression and you are trying to there's so many different perspectives all we have is this tool bag from oppression right so we got to make it it's like hard. yeah it's so funny because we have to like the tool bag that we have we almost have to make a new one like whatever energy and experience that we have that has new tools in it and we can fashion the tools like we have the ability to fashion the tools we haven't been told that we have the ability to fashion the tools and as an individual like for example, one of the things that may have helped me create a tool bag or something safe for me, like a practice, was finding space for silence. Like, it sounds pretty odd, but being able to be silent and then 
approach are sitting with someone, sitting with the mate, a lover, to be creating space for silence so neither person has to be in a position of deservability or like worthiness of, of posing or improving. And the moment you can be silenced and just kind of like sit, you can engage like a little bit more balance. So how does that work politically? You know, there's an element of silence, but I think there's more of an element of that makes me think of fire. That makes me think of action. That makes me think of you taking more physical or verbal account of your environment, meaning interrupting uh, misbehavior, like speaking out to people who are using language that may not be best in their best interest. You know, it's like checking people really isn't about trying to start a war. It's trying to start a fight. It's really like recognizing you don't realize there, there is a war. And I'm letting you know that what you're doing is harmful for you and harmful to other people. And this is really just like a warning sign that you maybe have gotten before. It's the sign before the fall, you know? So it's like people who check people are not trying to get them to fall. They realize that they're already falling and they're about to hit again. And hey, before you hit the ground again, I'm just letting you know you might get effed up, you know? And I'm not the one to do it. I'm trying to let you know. Yeah, I think there's that element like of action and being willing to tinker with perspective in a healthy way, you know, in a way that's, you know, that's not trying to be malice or evil, but it's just like, yo, I see my friend, he, like my friend had a nail file in his mouth yesterday. I was like, yo, get, you know how you just do things like randomly? And I was like, yo, I just felt like a parent, you know, I was like, get that nail file. That thing has been on people's, cleaning people's hands and feet, you know, but he didn't know that he, he was just doing it, right? Like you have a pen in your mouth, you know, you don't really know what you're doing like you're fiddling with it or yeah something? you're just fiddling with it you know and he had it in his mouth you were like i'm just gonna check in but that nail file yeah and i was like <laughs> i mean you really don't and he was like oh yeah and i felt like that's kind of what checking is sometimes it's like you just you're using a tool in the wrong way like you know yeah i mean i tend to agree i feel like oh i'm just checking in about this because people are like oh you're checking me like me the ego is like very checked right now and people it escalates unnecessarily. I mean, I think the initial escalation is the amplification of harm. So we live in a rooted structure of harm. And then when someone speaks it or gives it more life or like brings it into the room even more pointedly, wielded at someone, a comment, feeling entitled to touch someone or just like so many examples that could be brought up. And then you're in a space. So technically, how I don't know how consensually it is, but you're relating in a, in a shared space. Mm -hmm. And then something is said or done that amplifies harm. Temporarily, that person might be the source of harm, but there is a structural source of harm that an environment that has taught people, that has taught all of us, like, ways to speak and behave with each other that amplify harm. That's the initial escalation. And then when someone who's on the receiving end of that or around that or in a shared space with that is like, oh, hey, like, I don't know if the initial goal is like, oh, I want to interrupt this. I want to talk about power right now. Like, I don't think yeah. it's like a proactive want where people are like, yeah, let me get in here and check this person. Like, no. it is really not like that. No. And I just say that because maybe people think it's like that. I think people do. They, I think people get that impression that it's police-like. Yeah, and the people who say that aren't really against policing. So no, no, I know. I, I don't understand that. We're relating to a degree in this space, and so part of relating is communication. And there are many forms of communication, verbal, body, language, or just yeah. 
spatial, just energetic. So when something is said, even if I don't every time feel like I can check in and be like, hey, you know, that is like this and that makes people feel this way and that makes me feel this way. Even if I don't check in, energetically, you'll feel a shift when harm is amplified in a room. Definitely. And so to be a person that's like, oh, I'm just going to check in with that real quick. Oh, I'm just going to check in with you. That doesn't have to be so freaking toxic. It's just about how are you receiving that communication? How is that in the perception and the continuum of our collective communication or our communication in this shared space? It isn't a need to personalize it only about you, but Mm. it does affect people individuals Mm -hmm. yeah definitely because we're going back into like how does (laughs) yeah relating perspective how does perspective what is the narration of the relating what history like what trauma has already been it just makes me think about creating space for silence because depending on how comfortable the communication is is a measurement of relating and within that i feel like within that line there's like elements of being really authentic and a so not opinionated, like, you know, but you being having an having an opinion, you know, and the last ingredient is like making space for silence, like, and I, maybe that's just like being vulnerable, but being vulnerable in a strong way. <laughs> yeah, I find that like taking space to energize, think, reflect, is really helpful, especially on situations that where you might be the person who may have said something. I mean, all of us cultivating listening and holding space for ourselves to process and for each other. And then I'm also thinking about the shared experience that we kind of had. You can have a group effort and you can have a shared space. There might not be agreement on what kind of a shared space it is, but the reality is you're sharing space with like a bunch of people. So Mm -hmm. that's why I use the phrase shared space. For me, it's really challenging if I'm in an environment like that and if I can have a practice or a process of, of silence, of holding space, of reflection, and maybe it's not as cultivated, and then I feel like I'm too quiet mm-hmm. because I just like can't listen to speeches given by men that last over a certain amount of minutes, you know, <laughs> like, like where, and I, I say that not as like a broad rule, but as like, because during the course of that speech or space taking that's happening, there's like a lot of harm that's being said. That's when in me comes a conflict of like, oh, I want to reflect, yeah. I need to chill, like I need, <laughs> I need some silence. I, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> and then the other side of me is like, this person is uninterrupted, like yeah. has lots of space and power and entitlement to shape the narrative. And so someone has to like come out and be like whoa whoa like you know i don't know maybe someone doesn't like it does it doesn't have to be a role but i definitely feel a tension of like there's what might be healthy for me in that moment and then there's the shared space and the impact that's being had on the space and how that person doesn't have maybe they do have a reflective process and it leads them to do that it led them to do that right and that's why it goes back to feeling like the game is individual to have your narrative and then just be like Oh, I heard that person's narrative. Our narratives are not compatible. And what you do after that, I think, is the person's like individual pa- process and like path. You know, how do you engage with someone's narrative who isn't compatible with yours? <laughs> I think we'll still go back to silence. It's like, all right, we're two people who are not compatible, but let's like s- intentionally sit with each other and like see where we do balance, see where we do overlap.
I had like an example I wanted to bring up that reminded me of what you're just saying, and it, I'm sure it will come back. I don't know. Now I'm having all these thoughts come up about what does relating mean when people believe that they have leadership. What does relating mean? Because like in a workplace, in an organization, a social organization. Wouldn't it suck to have to posture as a leader, really not being fulfilled, but for like you know whatever that time period is, whether the whether you have to keep the mask on for eight hours or whether you just fucking you're in it, constantly telling people what to do and bossing people around, oppressing people. There's areas where that could be fulfilling for a person. I don't know, but are they a hundred percent themselves? Are they a whole person? Are they relating like if they're relating only out of one tool bag the whole time? The leadership tool bag. The leadership tool and bag. I bring up leadership because. I feel like it has everything to do with relationships and power and the structure that exists. And I feel like it's celebrated just for listeners feeling like, how could you be critical of leaders? The entire structure, it revolves around leadership. And that is where harm is able to stay in power because we can't change things because this is the leadership structure. I think because we have a uh, ill perspective of leadership, like let leadership be constructive information so like that role or whatever the role of leadership is like leadership should be like a little tidbit that gets us a little bit further and that tidbit could have came from either person like if there's two people relating leadership it should be like a nugget of wisdom it shouldn't be like a role for one individual it should only be like oh this boosted both of us and it came out of nowhere or it came out of one person it came out of what we shared this experience that got us both into a side-by-side position. This isn't, isn't like a consistent... I think that's the issue with relationships. Maybe there's a concept of the role filled in the ill way. You know, there's a concept of energy like, oh, is someone playing a leader? So with that, the energy, you know, even if you're not even trying to be, you know, it's just like, well, maybe someone's trying to be, for lack of a term, direct or aggressive or one person takes a step. Who takes a step? <laughs> I think that leadership is socialized into people and mm-hmm. people are in the competitive economy of capitalism, hierarchy, white supremacy, ableism, just how people are valued or not valued or what society opens up to people or not. Leadership is cultivated depending on that hierarchy within that hierarchy. So it's something that we're taught that we're supposed to exert or want to exert. Now the other end of that sentence is exert over others. Because if it was just help and sharing and information sharing, and it did support everyone involved to cultivate, mm-hmm. I don't think that would be leadership. That would be some, it has to be something else because leadership is about cultivating those things eventually over others. That either As a gets form of you, domination. It either gets you a position over others and it's like, oh, you earned it. You're a great leader. You can exercise these tools better than other people. And then there are people aren't taking into account structural oppression that makes certain people easier to be leaders, to be seen as leaders, to be valued as leaders. And not everybody, like oppressed people are certainly considered leaders, but the power structure that exists that values people is still saying, out of all these other people who didn't exercise these tools. So I don't know. I feel like, is there a way to value each other and all of our offerings and cultivate skills and qualities in each other that are beneficial without it creating a hierarchy over each other or others. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Microly, individually, and then to a collective experience. Because I feel like part of it is changing our perspective around leadership. What you brought up earlier about people feel like call-out culture, and even that sounds like there's resistance around that. 
but people feel like the element of bringing something to light is police-like, but they like the police at the same time. And I feel like because there's an element of leadership role that's been delegated to the police through the badge and through uniform. So the fact that you don't wear a badge or uniform is like you don't wear a diploma. You know, like you don't have the leadership skills to bring something to light in me unless it's someone with the white jacket or unless it's someone with the badge on who has the appearance of leadership. It's like we do delegate. I don't even know what, what how do we like personalize certain aspects into people? Like, it's so odd what we've done. Like We have contests. We have the grand games where there's an election too and it's no longer, oh, like your leadership exists in this context. It's now everyone's leadership. It now affects broad amounts of people just brings up representative government i mean if we think about the structures of leadership that exist like the police that's not a good example on why we should maintain organizing society around a strict leadership right police are an example of why centralized authority and power does harm if you have a select class of people i mean i think of the police as a privileged class of people that are free to shape the law and enact the law on people with harm to a degree that's unchecked because the leadership structure gives them that authority. We don't give them that authority. A leadership structure does. And then what's another example of leadership structure? The government, the military, organizations of extreme violence. Yeah, I mean, really, everything is like almost trickled down from that because you go to the workspace and then from workspace, where do you your home? Like, what does a home leadership look like? From home, like, what does school and social dynamics lead? How does leadership play a role in that? And then romantically, where does leadership... Like, if, if leadership is such a prevalent concept in our perspective, we give it space in every dynamic in our life. So even if someone's not trying to play that role, we're still feeding that space of leadership. So it's like, I think it's really around, it's the individuals, like, can we change our narration around leadership and don't let other people lead us in directions that we don't want to go in? That doesn't feel good. Easy said, and what do we do when things don't feel good? We try to feel better by maybe sitting in silence, maybe changing our thoughts. I think the, it's hard to go from zero to 100 as far as like, zero to not feeling good and a hundred to feeling great or whatever. It's not going to happen like Drake. One of the things that I, I would suggest is the smallest thing is like watching people self-talk. Like if you can watch yourself talk to yourself, like how do you t- talk about yourself? Like people self-talk to themselves can help alleviate some of the pressure. I mean, I think that's the only part of the equation that we're involved in almost a hundred percent is like how we talk to ourselves and how we, how we relate to ourselves, like self-relate. What does self-relation look like? There's bouts of anxiety. It's not a guide. It's a handy little chart that was released by, I think, Femme Healing Collective online. Tips to navigating emotional suffering. Yeah. And it it talks about that. Sometimes we have uncontrollable thought patterns, repetitive thought patterns that get us in these cycles. And it's totally helpful about how do you root, how do you ground yourself. I think it's useful. I think being more intentional with self-talk, like not, not getting down on yourself for talking to yourself. No, yeah. Just trying to find a space of being more intentional with yourself. I don't know exactly how we got to leadership, which I feel should be its own show, kind of, but I think we can cultivate another show on it as Mm -hmm. well. When people use the word leadership, they think of it as a neutral thing. There's good and there's bad leadership, rather than an ideology that impacts every sphere of our life. We are taught to seek out leadership and resign leadership over to others. 
And you hear those narratives a lot. They're just a, le- a better leader. It serves to, to consolidate power around someone. When we're using similar ideas of a structure centered around leadership to organize ourselves. If we're in resistance, why would we be, this is my question, if we're in resistance, why would we be trying to structure ourselves with and around a centralized leadership like the government, like the police, like the military, like these organizations that are causing harm? It's actually upside down. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Why are all these nonprofits modeled like corporations? Why do we, why are the social structures and the way we organize ourselves, why does that still look like the source of oppression? Because to me, that's why we're not transgressing oppression. That's why we're always mediating it. We're trying to look for scraps, you know, or yeah, we for are. progress scraps when we need to restructure ourselves. We cannot be using this leadership focused yeah. hierarchy, authority, violence over others. Type of, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like as we dive more into it, it's like, since we properly are improperly been able to relate and we don't know how to really measure and value our relations properly, we use these vague terms like leadership. That might be a criteria, but that's not a like value. So that's not a measurement of results. Like someone being a leader doesn't determine what they actually do and where they're leading people, you know? So it's like, it's so vague kind of, but it sounds good to be a leader. It sounds like it, there's a lot of momentum around that word. There's a lot of energy around that word to where it kind of like strings, you know, hits a chord. But if you dive into it, it's like leading you to what? I mean, we all lead, lead into what degree? You know, we led ourselves into the studio. Like, okay, leadership to what? You know, it's like, why are we holding on to vague concepts that we're not really diving into, but they sound good on the surface, you know? And then, then we're still trying to get these vague concepts fulfilled. Like, why are we always constantly looking for a leader? Because we told the leader is the ones with all the goods. We're told we don't have goods right now. Yeah, super, super interesting. The world revolving around leadership. What is cultivated that gives people the need to reproduce that? Why are we using leadership to mean other things like initiative or making offerings or making contributions? Autonomy. Yeah, why? Like, there's a lot of questions that remain around such leader specific terminology and i think i think it prevents and kills movements from growing i think leadership does because leadership when people are saying oh yeah that person right there they're doing a great job like i'm just gonna use my energy to commend them and to support them and to make offerings to them instead of the the shared goal the project people looking towards leadership is an element that takes you outside of yourself you done led yourself to be led outside of yourself <laughs> and not in the best way. Like by giving over the role of leadership or for looking for a role of leadership, you've given up yourself to be led outside of yourself. And maybe I think that comes with like, we kind of see it in, in aquaponics when we talk about it, instilling the ability to tinker. What is that? Like people being willing to take something apart. And I think that's kind of what the the structure of leadership fulfills that role. Like people are not willing to take things apart. So the word leadership helps you not have to do the work to lead yourself and like oh, do totally. the work of go through it yourself. You know, and it's like, uh, well, this person is going down that road and I'm going to praise him for going down that road. And I'm gonna even support them. You're hurting yourself by trying to facilitate a leadership role in your life that isn't you you know that isn't you participating in that or it isn't you fumbling through the steps of what you would like the contrast of what you like and don't like that's your only leadership is the contrast of what you like and don't like and where you're going like you don't need other people to tell you that that's 
in you. Only you know that. So it's like, hopefully you can relate to people who have similar conclusions that are non-harmful. <laughs> it makes me think like a movement without leaders is a movement with potentially a thousand initiators, you know, people that would, what what are we cultivating? Like if we want to cultivate initiative or support or like autonomy, expression or empowerment, um, autonomy, autonomy, totally. Then how can we have movements of encouraged, autonomous, creative, for me, oppositional yeah. peoples as opposed to peoples gathered to reinforce the leadership of a few? Yeah, yeah that would look completely different. Like if that would happen today, fully work, leadership, roles would completely be changed overnight. Though I think people are scared of the next day because they don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. Like we've been told, we like, what are we going to do with our Wednesday if tonight we actually go into the streets, we get together, figure shit out, and we have a whole other mindset that we, we went into the street and then tomorrow came and there was no work. Like I think a lot of people would be scared because they don't know what they would do in the morning like what would they do with their time yeah and there's the myth of chaos yeah, the myth. Which, yeah that's what I'm saying. which is completely a myth just because this currently is structured chaos um, right <laughs> but i think it's because we have this ingrained attachment to these words order leadership why do we keep having ingrained attachments to things that we don't shape or understand we didn't make that structure this structure this legal structure to me, is completely illegitimate. Yeah. It's not leadership. It's completely illegitimate because it was made through mass shooting deception of the colonial harm. Yeah, killing. Yeah, like genocide. yeah, straight so, up. What are we holding in leadership? Why are we even using that word? Thank you for hanging out with us as we dive into these questions and this conversation. Yes, it was a pleasure being here at KPFK with On Resistance. If you want to catch our past shows, you can check us out on soundcloud.com slash on dash resistance. Yeah, and you can reach me at I am the man eighty eight at Yahoo 